Welcome to the Words of Heart podcast. In this episode, we dive into a topic or story pertaining to mental health. This episode is accompanied with video and audio. However you choose to listen to this episode, sit back, relax, open your hearts and minds. So without further ado, let's get into the episode. episode of the words of heart podcast i am your host Dion sanchez and joining me in this particular episode on new year's eve the last episode of 2021 is gina human thank you for joining me today gina thank you so much for having me (laughs) absolutely and of course my internet would act up now but i got you i got that um are you still with me gina oh (laughs) Yay, internet. Um, okay. Okay. I think we're good. I hope. Um, before my internet decides to do any other appearances. Oh, are you there, Gina? I am so sorry. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> what I was going to say before my internet decided to be hiccupy. If you could start us off, oh, yay, my internet, please be normal. Um, if you could start us off by telling my audience a bit about yourself, that would be great. Sure. Um, so I'm an adoptive parent. Um, my husband and I adopted our boys from Guatemala. They're, they're old now. They're not little. <laughs> yeah, they're um, almost 18 and almost 21. So we're flying through time here. But um when we got our first son, he was um, extremely easy and well-mannered. And we, of course, thought that it was our effective parenting skills that led to all of that. <laughs> and then we went back and got a second one and discovered that everything we knew went out the window. So um, he had been neglected by his foster mom before we got him. Um, he was only six months old at the time. 
But what we didn't realize was how much of an impact that would have on the rest of his life, um, how trauma rewires the brain. And so I have now spent like two decades going through learning about trauma and trying to figure out how to help my son. Um, the What he was eventually diagnosed with, which took about a decade <laughs> was um, reactive attachment disorder. And it's, if you listen to crime pod podcasts, they are starting to talk about it a lot more. Um, it's a really scary mental illness that is caused by childhood trauma that happens in the first couple of years of life, especially that first year, because that is when your brain learns to trust other people. Um, babies cry, moms come and they help them get better. They help, they either feed them or, or uh, change them or bathe them or put them down or cuddle them or whatever. And um, if that doesn't happen in that first year, you learn to really hate people. <laughs> you don't trust anyone and it, it affects how your brain is wired. So my son went into fight or flight mode all the time. He was constantly living in that high stress condition. And so anytime you would say no, instead of a normal child who would go, oh, okay, I won't do that again. I mean, maybe they'll cry, maybe they'll throw a fit, but they probably won't do it again. Um, mine would not learn anything. And some of his tantrums lasted Oh, um, up to four hours long. <laughs> he, um, you know, he could, the first one that I really remember, he was about six months old. We were driving, no, two and a half. I'm sorry. <laughs> we were driving to the airport and, um, and he wanted to hear a song on the radio again. And of course I can't do that. <laughs> so, um, so he got so upset with me. He was screaming at the top of his lungs. He's pulling on his seatbelt. He's, you know, he eventually took off his shoes and started throwing them at me. And, you know, keep in mind, I'm driving down the highway at 65 miles an hour. So right. it's not the safest conditions. Um, but there was no calming him down. And, and it, he screamed and cried the entire ride to the airport, the entire ride home. I, we got to a gas station. I was running out of gas. And um, I said to him when we stopped, I said, oh, he was finally starting to calm down. I said, oh, I bet you don't even remember what you're upset about. And he started up again, like, because you wouldn't play my song. And it started all over again for like another hour and a half. So so this is the conditions we're living in. Um, he was throwing things. He would just get so upset. He just didn't know how to handle his anger. And, you know, over the years, he got bigger and scarier and harder to deal with. Um, he was, um, you know, was got to the point where we can't pick him up and carry him out of restaurants anymore or out of stores or any place in public. <laughs> and um, it, it was it was quite scary. Um, and he got more and more physical as he got older. So by middle school, we were now having most of, one of the um, symptoms of reactive attachment disorder is that it's mostly something that happens to the primary caregiver and everyone else thinks this child is super charming and you know they don't see it. Uh, mine, that was the case for most of the time, but as he got older, it started to seep into the school environment. And the more people would get to know him, that's when he gets reactive. If he, if he's just, a, if you're a complete stranger, he is very charming, but it's the attachment piece that causes that um, fight or flight mode. 
So anytime somebody got too close, he would start throwing fits again. So it, it's a very scary disorder. Um, I will say that from the age of three and a half, I really from day one, I was begging for help because he was so different from my other child. He was so much more angry all the time and he didn't sleep through the night. I, I like to say the first time he slept through the night was 11 years, not months. <laughs> and I'm still not even sure if that's true. I don't know if he's ever slept through the night, but he allowed me to sleep through the night finally when he was 11. So <laughs> Um, and you know, that everybody's operating on no sleep. We're all very high strung all the time and, um, and really no parenting manuals would work. I mean, every therapist we went to would suggest sticker charts or things that work on neurotypical kids, but very few people, very few people understood what trauma does to the brain and how we could, um, help him get over that fight or flight mode and get, start getting better. It took until he was 12 years old to find the right treatment. Um, and for that, it was kind of a combination of a therapeutic school environment. We, we are very lucky that our district has a school for kids that are not neurotypical. They do yoga, they do, um, they, all of their learning is experiential. So they're out in the world, like hiking and picking up things that they're going to look at for science class, or they did improv classes for English, you know, they would act things out and it was much better for him because he didn't have to sit still. <laughs> and um, they also had a therapy dog. They always talked about their feelings. They had a therapist on staff or a social worker on staff met with the kids every single day. She would do check-ins in the morning, check-ins in the afternoon. How are you feeling? And, you know, it was great. And then um, on top of that, also really small class sizes. He had between like two and 10 kids in every class. And that combined with a family intensive therapy that we did um, with a world-renowned expert in reactive attachment disorder. Um, that was like two weeks, like three or four hours a day, five days a week, and all four of us. And there were four therapists and we all did different things. And sometimes we were together and sometimes we were apart. And sometimes it was just the parents. Sometimes it was just the kids. Sometimes the kids were doing something else while the parents were doing something else. <laughs> um, so after that, um, we actually started to notice a slow improvement. Um, it got to the point where he was, you know, we had thrown all kinds of money at trying to help heal my son and help heal our family. Like we were all just unraveling. But um, this therapy was the first thing that actually worked. So, um, and we, of course, at the beginning thought it didn't work because at the beginning um, he was still flipping out every couple of days or every day or every, you know, but it started to get fewer and further between. And we had learned some different tech techniques to um, work with each other. We learned what our triggers were so that we could recognize when we're getting triggered and learn how to deal with that. So that was an incredible. Um, about nine months later, we went home for the holidays and the entire family was like, wow, he's so different now. And we hadn't really noticed that because at home, we're, we see him every day. He's still right. flipping out. But um, 
it was fewer and further between. And so when they finally saw him, it was a big difference from what we saw. And so that's when we first recognized that, oh yeah, I guess he is getting better. And then after that, we started seeing real improvements. And now I can say he's doing really good. He's, um, you know, he's at a regular school. He's got friends, he's got a job, he's good at his job. He is no longer violent. I'm not afraid of him anymore. (laughs) And I think that he will be a, productive member of society. He will not end up in prison, I don't think, for any valid reasons. <laughs> so <laughs> so I think this, I think we're on the right track now. And what I'm trying to do now is get the word out about reactive attachment disorder, how scary it is. I mean, this is the same disorder that the Parkland school shooter was diagnosed with. Also um, the Oklahoma City bomber, the um, several serial killers. So this is this is really frightening where it could have gone. And of course, once I re- realized what it was and started reading about it, I was panicked that how are we going right. to stop this from happening? And with some kids, it's, it's really hard. Some kids, it's too late. Um, so I'm trying to catch people early when your kid is first starting to misbehave and you don't understand why the parenting books aren't working. Let's look and see if there's trauma. And if there's any kind of trauma, let's, um, here's some new techniques and some resources that you can go to. So I wrote my book um, a couple of years ago, um, just about our story. We decided as a family to do it. It was, it was a big family discussion. I've had a lot of people say, oh my God, you wrote a book about your kid. But he wrote a chapter in it too. And he was very much on board. He I, someday maybe wants to be a psychiatrist or a psychologist and work with kids that have read because he recognizes what he's overcome and he wants to help other kids. So I, I would love it if that happens. He also might want to be a chef. So he's only, he's only 18, so it's still early. <laughs> I truly admire you for advocating for that particular disorder. I had no idea. I know there's different types of disorders and everything. Mm-hmm. I didn't know how frightening and perhaps psychologically, mentally um, ingrained it could be as far as your synaptic nerves and everything right. that comes with what you were just sharing with me. And as some, and I, I mean, I'm not, well, just give you a little example, I guess, as far as <laughs> your son goes and perhaps being a little bit outside the norm of what people would expect. I completely connect with him on that level a bit, just to give you a little mm-hmm. background into me. Um, for the first two years of my life, I couldn't hear her talk. So my development and cognitive levels were <laughs> slow and everything and I had many um diagnosis I think I had um I have ADHD or just hyper attention deficit disorder yep. and I think another disorder which I'm not sure if that's entirely true or not but either way I understand being different mm-hmm. being categorized as someone who somebody should not associate with even though I'm completely fine just like your son is completely fine mm-hmm. and I was put in a specialized class. Um, the school in my area um, in St. Petersburg had a specific class segregated from the normal classrooms in the school. So I was put in a specialized classroom, but once the right therapy and methods were implemented and they realized, hey, this girl is actually smart. We shouldn't put her in this classroom. Right. 
my dad and the teacher who was facilitating advocate for me to be put into a regular mainstream classroom. Mm -hmm. But now after being in this other different, I'm gonna go with different um, classroom for about a year, it may have been more than a year, but a year or so, I had to adjust and acclimate to this new curriculum with my peers. So um, I can say, and this is from my perspective and probably my dad's perspective, your son is already doing awesome. Even though from what you were just sharing with me, he is going to achieve so much, truly. Yeah. And I mean, I'm not as concerned about achievements as I am, but I just want to be happy and I don't want to be angry all the time because that's no way to live. I mean, we were all in that anger mode. I mean, when somebody's pushing your buttons all the time, it's really hard not to react. And, you know, everything we're taught is you have to stay calm as the parent, you have to stay calm. And so there's ways we, we learned to, uh, thankfully my husband is amazing. So we would tag team each other. And I could tell when he's at the end of his rope and he could tell when I'm at the end of my rope and, you know, we were a pretty good team, but, um, without professional help, there's, there's nothing we could, like, we, we were a complete loss and I am a highly educated person. I have two master's degrees. So I was like, like, I should be able to figure this out. If I can't figure this out, who, you know, how is somebody else going to figure this out? So, you know, we just kept at it and we kept thinking there's got to be a solution. There's got to be a way. And we just didn't give up. So that's the name of my book. Love never quits (laughs) because there was no way I was giving up on this kid. (laughs) Absolutely. And love really does conquer everything. And um, when did you release your book? Um, If you don't mind me asking. Um, So that was 2019. And then the year later I did a Ted talk um, that was on my bucket list. It was also one of my biggest fears and I think it turned out. Okay. I, I, I can tell I'm nervous. <laughs> and I think most of my friends can tell I'm nervous, especially in the first few minutes, but after that it gets better. So, <laughs> but, um, but most people can't tell most people are like, wow, you did really good. <laughs> I was like, Oh God. But, um, but I was really happy to, to conquer that one. And then that was the weekend before the entire world shut down for COVID. So, ah. <laughs> so here I am thinking, oh, here I am. I'm going to start speaking about RAD. And yeah, nobody wanted speakers for like a whole year. So, <laughs> so I was trying to figure out, I needed to help other parents somehow. I mean, this was, this came from a night that I was at the end of my rope. My son had hurt me somehow. I was laying at the bottom of the walk-in closet crying and praying to God or the universe or whoever was out there listening, please, if I can ever get to the other side of this, I promise I will do my best to help other parents to not have to live this way. So, um, so I wasn't sure how I was going to do that. So first I came up with a book, then I was like the Ted talk and then COVID gave me all this time to think about it. And I'm a professor. I'm totally into education. I'm a lifetime learner. I'm a nerd. I love learning about stuff. I love school. (laughs) And, um, I just, um, thought, okay, I'm going to take my talents, which is educating people and, teach them what I've learned. So I put together a a trauma drama university. It's an online program for parents of kids with trauma. And I I just want to point out real quick, trauma is not just adoption or foster care or neglect or abuse, but those are the highest incidents of reactive attachment disorder. If a baby has been neglected or abused in that first couple years of life, 
there's a really good chance it's a, it's a um, reactive or some sort of attachment disorder or trauma that needs to be overcome. So, um, but that doesn't mean, and because option care removed from their first home, they have a much higher incidence of RAD, but there are biological kids who get it too. Um, you might be a good uh, example, to be honest, because you couldn't hear in your first year. So that would change how you react to people. So you, you could be on the spectrum there like my son is. I might have been, but I mean, I couldn't hear or talk. So I couldn't even, like, I mean, right. I could be crying, but there would be nothing coming out. So my emotional response, I mean, it was, it was two years, but it was, the thing is, from the jump, I was different. And that just made life a lot more challenging for me. And even- right. The doctors told my family, like, well, you might as well double up with medication and get her all drugged up. And because, and they classified me as retarded also. There, there was that too. I'm sure there was a different right. word, but I'm pretty sure retarded was a specific word. Yeah. But they're like, right. no. So um, but they advocated for me just as you did for your son. And it was right. easy. Um, right. And you were with your parents. So that made a big difference, even though you couldn't speak to them. But um, a lot of the at uh, reactive attachment disorder diagnoses can come from like parents who had a horrid divorce or the mom was um, maybe abused or the dad was abused. I mean, I, I don't want to just say that moms are abused, but <laughs> um, or it could be deployment. Like if your parents are in the army or navy or whatever and they got deployed your first year of life you know you're separated from them yeah. now you're with different people that's a trauma so um or I know another woman who went into a coma with childbirth and wasn't able to even be with her son for her first few months so that's another that could cause that too so any kind of trauma in that first year so I don't want to just say adoption or foster care and not every adopted or foster kid has reactive attachment disorder, right. but um, it's just more common. Well, I truly, truly admire you for sharing and writing a book about it. I mean, that couldn't have been easy. And um, considering the progression of which you wrote your book, you, you wrote it, you did the TED Talk, and then the world decided to shut down. <laughs> that was just crazy timing. Um, do you think your book has done well considering the timeline of this? Well, it could do better if I had Oprah on my side. And I my dream is to work with Oprah someday. So so that's still on the on the table out there. <laughs> it, you know, it was an Amazon bestseller, but that I'll tell you, that's sort of a it made number one for like a week or a, an hour or something like that. So, <laughs> so I can say it was an Amazon bestseller, but I, it doesn't mean that it's a bestseller. So, but it's, um, I think it's a really good book. We won the Parents' Choice Award uh, or the Mom's Choice Award, which um, I, I submitted and it got a gold seal. So that's pretty exciting. So somebody liked it. <laughs> is I've also heard from some parents of kids like ours who are just like pouring their hearts out and they're like, thank you for putting this out there. Thank I'm going to give my mom a copy. So she knows what's going on in our house. Um, so that was, that's been really rewarding. And that's why I really am 
dedicated to keeping this going. Um, so when I came out with Trauma Drama University, I was charging for it and only because I want to, you know, I have to run a business. So I, ha I have to, you know, keep the website running and there's fees and expenses and all that kind of stuff. So, um, so there was that. But then I decided um, a couple months ago, I had another lightning bolt moment and I said, you know what, it has to be free. So I looked into making it a nonprofit. I, I was working with the Colorado Nonprofit Development Center and I'm still, I'm not out of that rain yet. And I it still may be down the road, but they told me right now I should stick with what I'm doing. So I've now designed some products that go along with our program. And so we're going to have a little online store as well and have some t-shirts and, you know, I, I'm working on some really cool leggings that I can't wait to wear. <laughs> oh, wow. I love leggings. I, everybody does. So. <laughs> kids, kids have like a badge of honor. So. Absolutely. Uh, Gina, I hope you're still there. You're all glitchy on my end. Come back, come back. Uh, okay. <laughs> you're back. Okay, we can talk about jeggings all day long, but while my internet is still stable, I want to get to the icebreaker segment, so I'll start right. with the icebreaker question, and it might come pretty easy to you, but I still ask it anyway. If you had to come up with a title or chapter for where your life is at at this precise moment, the last day of 2021, <laughs> when you think about it, um, what would it be? A chapter I think I'd call it uncertainty right now <laughs> it could be a title we just, or watched, chapter. Huh? we just watched um don't look up the other day on Netflix if you haven't seen it it's crazy but it just totally summed up like the whole political climate right now and how you know nobody can agree on things and nobody believes scientists and <laughs> it was interesting so but during that, I said, that's basically how I feel right now. There's just so much uncertainty about everything with COVID and with uh, everything that's going on. We have fires going on in Colorado right now and just took out like a thousand houses here just yesterday. And so I feel horrible for that. And <sighs> oh, certainty indeed. Well, this will be the part where I share my title and or chapter. Okay, what's your chapter? it would be a warrior for change um Ooh, love it <laughs> thank you I've undergone a lot of health issues in my life which you already know that little tidbit so I might as well share the other tidbit with you if you will um when the pandemic really started or got worse in 2020 the year we all want to hate <laughs> I wish I could hate it as much as everybody else but it was actually the year I got diagnosed with diabetes um heck of a time to get diagnosed with anything during that season right. but um I saw it as a blessing because if I hadn't been diagnosed I could have died unfortunately right. that was a hard cold reality so considering my diagnosis and what I had to endure as a kid I've faced a lot of obstacles and mm -hmm. it just made me stronger and all the better person for it so being a warrior for change really symbolizes and reflects who I am from now to this point forward, so. Nice, and I, I would love to be a warrior for change right along with you. <laughs> I think you are, you're advocating about, can you tell me the right tech, 
technical medical term for what your son has. I don't want to reactive attachment disorder. They call it rad. Red, so. red or rad? Rad. You rad. know, like 1980s. Rad, dude. Okay. This is so rad. rad. It's not really that rad when you're living with it. <laughs> right. You're a warrior. Absolutely. So on to the icebreaker game, which I'm so okay. excited because this is my last icebreaker game of the year. Okay. So much fun. So how it works <laughs> is it's called song association. You don't have to be an avid singer. You could be a shower singer, a yodeler. Okay. Although I don't understand how you can yodel any of these words. If you can yodel it, feel free to let me know, guys. But however, this is how it works. I give you the word. You can either sing it, rap it, yodel it. It can either be in the song title or in the lyrics. It has to be an actual song. You cannot make it up. Oh, boy. <laughs> Many people have tried to change up the game in previous episodes, but <laughs> there's not going to be much room for change ups. It's exactly how it goes. I give you the song or the word. You can either sing it, rap it. It can be in the title or in the lyrics. Oh, I hope you're there, Gina. <laughs> My internet. Ah. Okay, you're okay. there. Good. Sweet. Um, it can't be a name of an artist either. I know there's like okay. Faith Hill and Popcorn Colonel or whatever, but it can't be the name of an artist. It has okay. an actual song. However, and this is where the fun part kicks in, you don't have the luxury of time. You have <laughs> 15 seconds from the time I give you the okay. word to either sing it, rap it, yodel it from either in the title or in the lyrics. So the lyrics is okay. your loophole. Uh, so on, let me get my handy dandy timer out. If I could find it, where is it? Okay. So the first word is heart. Heart? Mm -hmm. Oh, um, uh, 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 I can't say it. Heart. Um, uh, the heart of rock and roll is still beating. And from what I see, I believe it. How's that? <laughs> That's good. Timer went off though. This is stressful. <laughs> so the next word is it's really simple. The next word is words. words yes oh yes did you say words yes i said words, words. um <laughs> i might have to words. Uh, words. oh you're being glitchy i might have to give you a new one because you're all glitchy Dina. you're all glitchy no Dina, are you can you hear me because you're all glitchy I might have to give you a different word. I can hear you. Okay, I can hear you too. You're all glitchy. Okay. I'm gonna have to give you a different one because you're all glitchy. And I don't think it helped with the word. Oh, and you're frozen now. <laughs> ah, Gina, come back to the screen. Okay, I can, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. I have to okay. I'm gonna give you a new one because that just it did. Okay. 
because I mean, I gave it to you, but then the computer went cuckoo. So I'm going to give you a new one just off the top okay. of my head. So the new second word is, uh, I don't know what the, what the word should be. Um, ah, the, the second word is red. Rad. Yes. Oh, rad. Uh, was there a song with red in it? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> oh. I can't think of anything with rad in it. Okay, well, <laughs> on to the last one. Hopefully my internet is stable because I just changed it. So the last word, the final word. And there is a song pertaining to this word. So I know it shouldn't be that hard. So the last word is new. N-E-W. New. Uh, I want a new drug. Apparently I'm on a Huey Lewis kick. <laughs> oh, come on, internet. Ah, internet. No, cost you much. <laughs> Gina, you're frozen. Okay, you're back. Um, oh no. You're all glitchy. Oh no. Uh, man, it was hard to do the Ginkgo song. You were glitchy, man. Oh no. All right. I mean, we could do another word. I don't know what it could be though, because it was all glitchy. Um, um. Oh, uh, no. Uh, I don't know. Um, I know, and it's only because I'm a fan. The the last word, the final word. Hopefully, the internet's stable. <laughs> is purple. Purple rain. Purple rain. <laughs> <Yay>! <laughs> Or it could be a one-eyed, one-horned, fine purple people eater one. <laughs> well, thank you for indulging in that game. Oh, so cute. This is Princess Oreo. Princess <laughs> Oreo. Hi, Oreo. <laughs> uh, well, thank you for indulging in that game. I wish it wouldn't have acted up because it's such a fun laughable game and i hope you had fun oh no and no <laughs> well okay i'm just gonna talk really fast at this point <laughs> it's really annoying gina are you there gina uh, okay you're back you're back you're back i was saying thank you for indulging in my fun little icebreaker game even though there are so many wi-fi issues and the internet can't be calm for five seconds <laughs> but unfortunately we don't have time for another round of the game um because my internet is annoying me so okay we gonna wrap it up do you have any social media links or any yes. links um share for my audience traumadramauniversity.com that's where you can find all the information about trauma drama university and soon i'll have a link up to our little store hopefully in a couple of days and um we'll see what that goes from but uh the book is called love never quits gina human you can find it on amazon 
and my TED Talks out there. It's called, um, oh, what is it called? Tra uh, childhood Trauma Affects Us All. Whoa, what a title. I'm well, going to that you. up. <laughs> well, yeah, because, you know, if my child ended up being one of those serial killers, then it, it would be a societal problem. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, Gina, thank you for sharing your son's story and advocating and just being a real warrior in itself. And it was such a pleasure having you on my podcast. It was great meeting you too. Thank you so much. <laughs> of course, to all my listeners who are still there in spite of the internet, we're at the end of this episode. Thank you for tuning into the latest episode of the Words of Fire podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, if the internet didn't drive you crazy, here are the ways to listen to it on the following platforms. We are on Facebook at the Words of Fire podcast. We are also on YouTube under the same name. And you can listen to us wherever you listen to your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Google. You can leave ratings on Spotify now. So if you have a phone, please leave a rating on your thoughts on this particular episode or any episode. So again, subscribe, tweet. If you can send it to the moon, let me know. It's about to be 2022. <laughs> Let's make Intergalactic Broadcast happen. <laughs> but until then, I'm your host, Deion Sanchez. Thank you again for joining me, Gina Human. Stay healthy, stay safe. And since it'll be the new year when I see you guys next time, Happy New Year! Happy new year. <laughs> and until next time, bye!